Well, another day at the Jello Factory, where I work. Yep, I sure do love my job here at the Jello Factory as chief foreman of expository dialogue. I started working here five years ago when. Oh no! The big one's hitting at the Jello Factory, where I work! Chief! Listen, Andreas, it finally did it! After all these years, it ripped itself a new one! It's cutting the cheese as we speak! I don't remember any of the drills. What do we do? First of all, it's Chief Foreman. I started five years ago when. Quick! Everyone under the chandeliers! Neck first spines up! I think it stopped. I've never felt anything like that in my five years of working here at the Jello factory, where I work. Chief, we're safe. What's that? Oh, a pipe burst under where I was hiding. And then this guy, I'd never seen him in the factory before. He ran up and he urinated on my pants and he ran away. And then I wet myself. Ew, I mean, what's that sound? The Jello. It, it's alive. Big one like that. This Jello won't stop wobbling for days. And it shifted in front of the exit. You stole my exposition, and I'll never get that moment back. Thanks. Anyways, it shifted in front of the exit, but I bet I can stop it if I put my hand on it and try to reason with it. You all don't mind if we have a temporary suspension of the sexual harassment policy, do you? What policy? Oh no! The jello is sucking me in by the hand! I better put my foot on the jello in an attempt to pry my hand free. That should certainly make the situation better. Is the situation better? Call for help! Call Bill Cosby! He already used his one phone call! Then call 911! That's the emergency line, you know! Hello? Hello? H-E-L-L-O! Chief, 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 are you okay? The jiggling stopped. Put me back in. What? But Chief, you'll die! I'll live like I've never lived before. You don't know what it's like in there. Jello! As far as the eye can see. Which is not very far if you're looking through the wrong type of jello. Chief, come to your senses. I own property in there. I had a yacht. You want to know what it was called? Was it a play on Jello? No, it was a play on yacht. Yada, yada, yada. I also watched all the episodes of Seinfeld in there. I had a wife and kids. You have a wife and kids out here. Yeah, but they're not made of Jello. I'm going back in. What? Why can't I get back in? You can only enter the Jello realm when the Jello's been shaken by a giant earthquake. I learned that when I started working here five years ago. Oh, no. That's right. In the five seconds you were gone, I got promoted to your job. No. Look at me. I'm Chief Supervisor of Expository Dialogue now. Okay, you can stop looking at me. I don't care. You can have this world. I'll trigger another earthquake and get back in. Another big earthquake like that won't hit for another 150 years because of plates. I don't, listen, I'm, not, I'm still new at this. Well, then I'll see you in 150 years. Oh no. I was stomping when I should have been stamping. I hit the wrong fault. This one leads to... Japan. The copyrighted roar of a public domain monster! Welcome, Welcome to, to LA, LA Meekly, the podcast that'll have you, you saying, saying Daniel didn't practice. I, 
I never got my sides. Okay? <laughs> the courier never made it. You got them. I'm looking at them. They're still in the package. Uh, are they notarized? <laughs> not, I don't want to get served on accident. By Nobody you. was here to open it for me. <laughs> You've tried serving me so many times. I never answer mail from you anymore. Special delivery for Daniel Zafrin. You're Daniel Zafrin. Yeah. Would you like an autograph? <laughs> Who am I, stupid? Oh, let me hang on. Let me open this letter for me. <laughs> you are Ed McMahon, and I've just won a trip to court. <laughs> I just won two Corvette. Oh, Corvette. Court vets. Nope, still got it wrong. <laughs> I won two court dates. <laughs> You're Greg Gonzalez. Goddamn right I am. Look, Live you've your heard truth. Of, yeah, have you heard of cigarettes after sex? That's me. Yeah, I swapped them. <laughs> I swapped out the Greg's. Stop. You can touch my microphone a little bit. You just want to get close to me. Just to be safe. He's now moving the microphone away from me and turning it off. <laughs> Let me just be safe here. Let me just, this up. Let me just shut this down. <laughs> Let me just be safe here and turn this into a one-host podcast. I don't want to accidentally record you talking. <laughs> so what is it? It's March. Happy March Madness to everybody. Happy March Madness. How about I- merch madness? You can buy our shirts. You better buy our shirts you because Daniel's our- running out of room in his apartment for them. They keep multiplying. <laughs> the milkman won't take any more. Please. Please. I can't afford milk, but I do have shirts. <laughs> you don't have to pay for the milk. Just... Just don't make me take another shirt. We sold a quarter of the shirt, so we figured we got to order more. <laughs> and now I have 400 shirts, and I have to wear all of them every day. I messed the order up. I should have got 4,000, but I'm stuck with 400 now. Before we start hawking our shirts to you a little bit more, <laughs> we want to announce that we're going to have another live show on April 22nd, which may or may not be Earth Day. I'm pretty sure it's Earth Day. Earth Day is the fourth Thursday in every November, right? Are we um, going by the lunar Earth? <laughs> According to the Aztec calendar. Every day is Earth Day to me. Uh, I recycle and I uh, use felt diapers. The so. show's going to be at the Comedy Central Stadium of the Hudson where we performed before. Couple, we've done a couple shows stage. there. Yeah. yeah, it holds 100 people. Tickets mm-hmm. are going to be free. Uh, beware of parking. Yeah, you're going to have to. We'll have more information coming yeah. up and what exactly we're going to be doing. Finish that thought. Sorry, I cut you off. Uh, which one? Parking. It's going to be bad. Yeah, the restrictions in the area, the residential area nearby got a little yeah. tighter. So you can so all carpool. All of you can carpool. Carpool, lift, bus, park by the Pack Theater and pretend you're going to go to the yeah. Pack Theater. Actually, come to the Comedy Central Theater of the uh, Hudson on April 22nd. <laughs> Lemon Lime Birds. I don't know. <laughs> Take an Ube. Yeah, so Take that's... an Emu to come see us at the Comedy Central Theater of the Hudson on April 22nd, Earth Day. Uh, every day is Earth Day. Um, oh, like I yeah. Just said four seconds ago. We'll have more information on how to get tickets and all that stuff. Just save the date soon. now. Save the date. Mark your calendar. We sent out the save the dates. It's me and Greg holding each other yeah, above the ocean, yeah. floating above the ocean. Floating above the ocean as we always do when no one's looking. <laughs> when only God is watching. <laughs> God in the moonlight. Between you, God in the, the moonlight. And that dastardly moonlight. Which is every song from the 20s. Um, I also want to give a, a big... Uh, this is a new What's segment happening? I call shout outs. I'm coining a phrase here. SOs? Yeah. I'm really PO'd here. I'm going to give some PO's. We kind of retooled a little bit our Patreon mm-hmm. levels, and one of the things is now going to be if you join at any level, we'll give you a, a little thanks at the beginning of the next episode after you sign up. But okay. for all the people who had signed up before and never got to hear their names ever spoken before, because I, I assume your parents never addressed you, yeah. which is why you listen to us. So I want to say their names right now, who we have supporting us on Patreon, Amanda Anderson, Andre Lopez from Portugal. Speaking of the Mayan calendar... He put an end to that. Um, <laughs> Bruce Babcock, Chris Myers, Cindy Zachney, David Cheney, David Can or Khan? Say both. David Kahn, different person. Elizabeth <laughs> Amador, Emilio Uranga Three, Aaron Sprague, Joanna Linkhorse, Joanna Linkhorse, Joanna Linkhorse, Jordan Tickton, Oscar Prado, Ray Camacho, Shea Viti Tao. Thank you all I probably, so much. I've, I don't think I've said most of those names out loud before. I yeah. just write them over and over on postcards. Yeah. I probably mispronounced all I of them. I could spell them. 
Drop of a hat. Exactly. Um, so easily. V-I-T-I-T-O-W. <laughs> Enter address. <laughs> I'm at the post office. I'm at the counter and I forgot to address all of these. So I'm just trying to knock it out before I have to get back in line. The line keeps getting bigger. <laughs> no, I make them wait. <laughs> I'm going to write all these postcards with 400 people in line behind me and one very underpaid person. Looking at that underpaid person like, do you know anything about City Hall? Can you help me out fill this joke in? What rhymes with Garcetti? <laughs> Quick. I know you have a thesaurus. Barsetti. Oh, there it is. Farsetti. Farsetti. Garcetti Blues. Pharmacy. We got it. Friday Night Garcetti's. Uh, <laughs> So, yeah, we wanted to thank those people. If you join us on Patreon for any amount of money, we yep. will also say your name and we'll probably mispronounce it. Yeah. So let's but talk- how will we mispronounce it next time? Will we find out. Your first or last name. <laughs> so let's talk about us again. What did we do in the last February? Me and uh, my girlfriend peeked into Angel's National Forest on the Crest Highway yeah, finally. Yeah. We didn't make it that far, but hopefully next time. I took a picture with uh, Smokey the Bear cutout. Uh, that was lovely. One of the highlights of my life. Always meet your heroes. <laughs> Something I have been doing as of the last couple of days, we addressed that on some point someone asked a question I think it was Joanna asked the question if you we mean, can join a link course oh the very same from our patron um, <laughs> address <laughs> I was asking if we do a podcast not in LA what we do about and I picked Disneyland as my number one mm-hmm. there's a podcast oh, called the going. backside of water that only covers Disneyland like the history of like the lands and the rides and goes to the company and then the history of just like the area as a whole it's it's a really good podcast it starts off I think they change hosts at some point but when it starts off it's very LA Meekly it's very kind of riff heavy with history and there's some sketches and stuff and voices so anybody who likes us who wants to hear about Disney at some do point. We voices. We do characters. You're right. <laughs> we don't do voices. We inhabit personas. <laughs> it's a very good podcast. And I, I think you'd like it too if you didn't uh, hate Orange County so much. I can't help the way I was I raised. I can't help the way I, can't. I was raised. <laughs> hey, a special SO to our Disney employee listeners that oh, yeah, we've been I hearing guess. a lot from lately. Hey, how's it going? Hey. Don't forget to stretch your back because I know you guys are probably hunched over a lot. Posture is important. Yeah. You don't want to get goofy shoulders. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to get mini back. You don't want to get Pooh Bear back. It'll happen if you're yeah. slouched too much. So stand up. If you develop a severe case of elephant from Tarzan elbow, <laughs> you might you might be a redneck. And there's my voice. <laughs> what are you doing oh yeah i was ready to move you're... on to the rest of the episode okay first of all we need to address that you had your first beer today and you're not handling it well i don't even want to go along with that joke because i don't want people <laughs> I, I have young people looking up to me on this podcast they all work at disney <laughs> when my family hears this in Overseas. 15 years i don't want them to find out that i had a beer once you're still making it seem like i had a beer when, when, <laughs> when in reality i had cold chicken from ralph's from and your a, pocket and a red bowl <laughs> that i didn't pay for this is something i did in the last uh, yeah, month it was it. actually in Los Angeles and not in Japan. Well, actually, it was, <laughs> I went it to was Little Tokyo. It was Little Tokyo. Oh, okay, that little. I was going to pick a particular thing from Little Tokyo because yeah. we went one day and we got tickets to the Japanese American Museum. The main event was that we wanted to go to this one restaurant that served this thing that we really liked. Uh, Melissa never had it, but I really liked it. <laughs> and Melissa goes where I say we go. <laughs> she eats what I like, uh, which is cold chicken from Ralph's. <laughs> from my pocket. <laughs> but We built a whole day around going to this one restaurant, mm-hmm. which is, I can't I have no idea. It's like chim chinny chin chin chimney. It, it's like Is that you trying to say it right or is that the whole name? That, no, that is the whole name. Okay. Was it in the outdoor plaza? Yeah. Okay. It's right where that like red tower is, but it serves okonomiyaki, which is this like noodle egg sort oh. of thing. But anyway, we went to the museum, which was very good yeah. and depressing. And then we went to the restaurant, which was the embodiment of the food of the Hiroshima bombing, which is a long story, but if you go to the museum you'll understand. Yeah, it sounds- <laughs> 
weighty. So was the meal and the bill. <laughs> I got mochi at Fugetsu Do, mm-hmm. and then we saw like the hidden temple that's right behind the restaurant. Oh, okay. It's like this little uh, passageway. And then we went to the Japanese supermarket and we got like Japanese foods I and like I got a market. little mold to make sushi triangles, uh-huh. which I have yet to do because <laughs> Melissa keeps telling me I'm trying to use the wrong type of seaweed. I'm saying I got it straight from the ocean. It's covered in I fleas. My hand. I faced my fears to go into the ocean and pull out seaweed because I would refuse to pay for it. Now come eat back. this. <laughs> eat this festering piece of rice that I made. You come back quit from Jaws. <laughs> you don't know what I saw. Seaweed. Seaweed comes out of the ocean. I love that area so much. And I, I can never remember the names of the restaurants that I go to. Yeah. But every one of them has been like Staller in a different way. All the places I've gone to have been really good. And there's yeah. they have such specific types of food mm-hmm. at different restaurants. But, you know, being back in the States after my long time away <laughs> in uh, big Tokyo. Relearning English after two weeks is real rough. I really went native. And uh, <laughs> I'm applying for a bunch of scholarships now <laughs> that I couldn't before. It's just a fun place to be. There's yeah. a lot of interesting that you can there easily are. spend a day there eating a lot of good things and seeing a lot of interesting things that's one of my favorite places to find myself because i'm like oh the arch district is to the left behind uh-huh. me is unistational and which is where Street. i parked arch district? arch district probably the best place you're gonna get yeah. parking best place you're gonna get parking is home when you take the yellow line there the gold line i mean best place you find parking is when i have to drive to pasadena <laughs> to take the gold line there but then you have like unistational Street behind you you have downtown ahead of you to the yeah. right you have also downtown but you, you're just like near a part of town where you could just if you have good shoes on can go anywhere you want if you're just walking around like it's not that big of an area mm-hmm. but we were there for six hours or something it's very dense yeah there's endless things to do there's the underground smelly oh, cave right. of dorks uh, or whatever <laughs> that whatever selling uh gundam. the gundam district and, uh, <laughs> there's just a lot of things that are all you know little tastes of japan and yeah. it's a lot of interesting things i wanted to pick just one like i could easily have just been like the japanese american museum yeah. is really interesting you should go but this restaurant is also really <laughs> delicious you should go there and this supermarket has a lot of really cool things you should probably go there <laughs> so i just picked it all and it's all mine now i remember walking around one there one day and seeing matt graining and like i like i felt like there was he in gundam alley i remember feeling like violet beauregard when her like her my body just inflated <laughs> as he walked by almost like i was ready to hug him but i was just so full of like <gasps> raspberry juice raspberry juice it's blueberry <laughs> you know it well, she did turn violet uh, <laughs> i think that's the color of raspberries not a blueberry he was hysterical checkmate roll doll <laughs> she was hysterical her dad was hysterical she wasn't doing great but they weren't thinking straight oompa loompas aren't helping they were doing their job they were doing exactly <laughs> what they were brought there to do which was de-juice a little girl <laughs> Are we ready to start? Yeah, let's start. We're going to do the listener question at the end, so yeah, stick, stick around, around for, for that. that. But this month, hey, what are we going to be talking about? Something that oh, was so stressful to do research on. Rumble in the jungle. Rumble in the jungle. The concrete jungle. Urban rumble in the urban jungle. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I have a lot of earthquake anxiety, mm-hmm. and doing research for this episode on earthquakes was not really helping any of that. I don't think about it that much, but when they do hit, like we were talking about, because we were talking about the lengths, yeah. and if an earthquake goes more than like four seconds, I start thinking like, like, well, this is, I'm dead now. Yeah. How is my family, whoever survives in my family, how are they going to afford my funeral? Because I'm about to die right this <laughs> and here. And I'm going to be all, all over the place, splattered <laughs> all over the place. Yeah. I'm in an old house with a cellar underneath us. And I keep thinking the roof's going to fall on me. Me and the roof are going to fall into the cellar and I won't be found for four years. <laughs> and then the hill will fall yeah. on the cellar. <laughs> uh, the street will fall on top of me. <laughs> Our building just got retrofitted uh-huh. and still More like, screws. I don't, yeah, <laughs> put a, re-oil those screws. Uh, it's retrofitted. <laughs> There's no way that that's, that my building is going to stand in an earthquake. Yeah. It's right along the river. It's made out of pretzels. It's not going to work. <laughs> it cracks under high winds. Yeah. 
I kept thinking also, like, what if it hits? What if the big one while hits while we're recording? Yeah. We'll, be the, we'll be savants. People will worship us. <laughs> how the survivors will worship us. <laughs> Are they fracking? Is that how they know one's going to hit? Yeah, we're fracking incredible. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to cover two. You're going to cover one. Yeah. The one in Fort Tejon was in 1857, and it was a big one. It was, like, what, eight on the Richter scale, whatever they yeah, measured Yeah, that was then. a really big one. It was, like, well, that was, triggered that by was the San Andreas. San Andreas. Yeah, that was triggered by the San Andreas, which my two weren't. Were yours? Was yours? No, mine okay. has nothing to do with the San So, Andreas. like, there was, like, a couple of that era of Los Angeles, but because, like, you're going to knock down my, exactly. my one-story Exactly. I, I read thing. a quote of, not Charles Loomis, but, like, one yeah. of those early L.A. white boys, yeah. and it was the big one hit. And they're like, yeah, at around 10.30, it shook a little bit, and then we had lunch. <laughs> and then at about two, it shook a little more. Well, darn it, my yeah. papers fell off the desk. <laughs> oh, no, my, my quill seems to have rolled out of place. But yeah, what, that woke what, my horse up. What's going to happen? Like, you're going to just throw some more adobe on your adobe and, and you're, you're set. Like, there wasn't too much to damage. Yeah, really. Although I'm sure the stuff that was there, like, just turned to powder. I'm pretty sure, yeah. Not a huge deal when you're living in one-story things, mostly yeah. outside. and Not a big deal at the time. But let's let's start... Let's start. We should probably we give already. <laughs> we should probably give a trigger warning. There's a lot of death in mind. I was gonna say the same thing. There's a certain point in mind where you might might want to listen. Yeah. We'll give we'll warn you again. We'll try to warn you again. Yeah. I got to a point where mine like, oh I can't fit any jokes anywhere in my thing because I'm terrified of this sort of thing. And I'm reading about people who should have you been ever though. When have I ever what? <laughs> say it into the microphone. When have I ever what? When have you ever kissed me? <laughs> Turn the camera on. Right now. <laughs> webcam that you made me buy <laughs> put that kiss cam on let's get started with get, all the jokes let's get physical <laughs> there's a fault line known as a newport inglewood fault according to the california department of conservation the newport inglewood fault extends on land for about 46 miles from culver city to newport beach and from there mm. continues into the pacific ocean where it joins the rose canyon fault that runs closer to san diego mm. into the ocean in our area la county the line of hills that stretch from signal hill to culver city are the surface level extensions of that huh. fault that's where you can see that's the why fault. those hills are there exactly i got scared i'm like oh no those are dangerous don't shake them <laughs> don't kick them for all the nerds out there who understand this part of the newport inglewood fault it is a right lateral strike slip fault with a slip rate of 0.02 inches Woo! per year wow oh man oh is that God. a slip rate turn the kiss cam on i'd like to kiss that fault <laughs> sexy i was watching a video i watched a lot of videos trying to understand earthquakes better there's a guy with cheese with a grand crackers that breaks it down pretty pretty good but i still like how but how many layers of the earth are there but how many bites until we're all destroyed <laughs> right lateral i guess they move in opposite directions but they're kind of parallel to each other like they slide against each other and people will like describe earthquakes and everyone's they're like bumping oh, that, uglies <laughs> You're saying are the they cold- cousins? <laughs> what, what's the expression I'm forgetting? I think we should do a DNA test on these <laughs> They're related. On March 10th, 1933, mm. at 5.54 p.m., three miles off the coast of Huntington Beach and about eight miles below the deep, below the, the ocean, deep. the, t- the <laughs> deep part of the ocean. Robert Shaw's back. <laughs> the Newport Inglewood fault line ruptured, causing a 6.4 magnitude quake. Lots of areas were hit hard by this. Culver City, Inglewood, Gardena, Compton, Signal Hill, Seal Beach, Huntington Beach, Newport Beach, Costa Mesa, Anaheim, Santa Ana, and Fullerton. But the brunt of the quake landed on the lap of Long Beach. This is a story of the 1933 Long Beach earthquake. For this, I consulted loads of newspaper articles kcet the california conservation and a book by tom grobatty called long beach chronicles from pioneers to the 1933 earthquake ends there so the morning of friday march 10th 1933 in long beach going march to 10th that's coming up uh nine days after I, this i thought about that i'm like oh, i wonder if it's gonna happen because oh, no. we, we evoked it we talked we about did it the ritual <laughs> i looked up that article in kcet that article <laughs> like i was saying march 10th was going to be a big deal in long Gui- long beach was going to be a long guido long guido was going to be a big deal in long Gui- <laughs> 
Jesus Christ. You know it's called Long Beach, right? <laughs> oh, no. Long Reach. My research is all wrong. Oh, no, I messed up again. This takes place it. in a different part of the world, <laughs> in Long Reach. Okay. It was going to be a big deal because they were two days deep into the USS Constitution, uh, a.k.a. <laughs> Old Ironsides. I thought you were going to say, we were two days deep into the biggest Jenga competition. <laughs> they haven't knocked it down yet. It's literally just four more Jenga. Four more Jenga. So there was a ship, Old Ironsides, the USS Constitution, a ship that was launched to sea when Washington was president. This ship was docked at Long Beach Inner Harbor. So Wait a minute, isn't that still there? What's the one? No, that's no, the Iowa. Yeah, that's Iowa. Okay, that, was not, that was not yeah, launched when Washington <laughs> was the president. Old Ironsides? <laughs> that's well, literally made of, of iron? Yeah. <laughs> this certainly was the land of good and plenty or whatever they called it. They used all the steel they could to make one ship. No bullets, no guns. We shoot no this bridges. at them. Today was the day that all the school kids, thousands, as said, got a field trip to see Old Ironside. Almost all the kids came out and donated. Hello. Hello. I'm uh, Old Ironside. Those are, our, yeah. those are our voices. Prepare to be boarded, said all the kids in Long Beach. So all the kids came out and they all donated pennies towards the ship's refurbishment. Which were also made of iron. Yeah, also you had to swallow them. I don't know what the Ironside deal was. Ironside wants more iron. <laughs> Smelt it down for the our iron god old <laughs> copper side yeah i think i've been on that that's now in boston harbor i think probably yeah i, I think i've been on old iron sides and, and you don't I, have a penny I, no i took a penny take, they say <laughs> take a penny leave, leave a penny. penny i took the whole <laughs> i took the whole boat nine thousand dollars my pants were so heavy i think i hit my head on below deck and you woke up and it was 1951 I don't think i had that same and I, thought <laughs> and i also spoke french like i had a french accent like fred flintstone every time he had to say and i also had amnesia you hit your Soccer head on blue <laughs> you hit your head on old iron side uh no it was a wooden part of old iron oh, okay. side so it wasn't that no, i don't i don't mean to pull back the curtain it's made of wood <laughs> so completely wooden i think he's called iron side because they shot him so much it's like lead belly <laughs> his belly's not really made of lead he has a piece of lead in his what <laughs> i can't be in his fan club anymore i thought this was something else so whether the kids liked the ship or understood its historic qualities or not did not matter many of the kids of long beach and the surrounding areas were happy that it was just a field trip day mm-hmm. so it was like already a good day to start in 1933 long beach was a sleepy little ocean side town <laughs> it was growing but still small with a population of about 157,000 people. It was just like 30 square miles at the time. There were like main streets and piers to the north and south, but Long Beach seemed to just have like long roads of nothing, like agricultural. <laughs> that was the air. alternate name. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's going to make people not want to move here. A lot of farm. And they never did. <laughs> Still empty to this day. Don't check it out. Please don't bother the people of Long Beach. Lots of like farmland and agricultural areas. Less than half the roads at the time were paved. Uh, Long Beach had 13 banks, about 28 schools, and Long Beach had five hospitals with 492 beds altogether, which on an average day was more than enough. But March 10th was Mm-mm. not going to be an average day. Mm-mm. It was late in the day already, coming close to 6 p.m. Ooh. Kids were home from school. Parents were driving home or stopped at supermarkets or they were home cooking. Some were still at work. It was going to be a quiet, eventless night. But 554 hit, and the Newport-Inglewood fault line ruptured. The 6.4 magnitude earthquake lasted, most will say, like, about 10 to 11 seconds. You want to count them out? Like, you ready to count okay, it out? Let's count out how, this is how long, imagine shaking yeah. for this long. I'm right. going to look at my watch. Okay. You want me to count? You want to look at my watch? You count. <laughs> okay. I'll count for you as you count for mine. All right. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. 10. So that's shaking. That's You're shaking. shaking that entire that is, time. That is a 6.4 <laughs> earthquake yeah. shaking for 10 seconds. Imagine somebody shaking your Model T <laughs> for that long. Your limo for that long. Imagine. They're all trying to get your autograph. <laughs> so what does old Ironside have to do with this? Was that just context? It was just, it, yeah, it was context for things that were happening. That was happening that day. Okay. So, it was so just old like, Ironside felt this. Funny enough, the next day, 
split was like it was supposed to be for 10 days <laughs> no thanks three days into it was like ooh boy i know i'm a boat and this probably doesn't, <laughs> doesn't affect, affect me, me at all. <laughs> a little splish splash see you in boston <laughs> watch your head yeah it was just context for like the kind of mood of the day okay it was a field trip day in that 10 to 11 seconds absolute chaos here are some of the stories from long beach chronicles a man named james brody the assistant manager of the imperial theater which was on ocean boulevard near long beach boulevard ran out to call in the crowd inside the movie theater he was on stage and in those 10 seconds managed to clear out the audience getting them to stay calm and exit safe he made sure everyone was safe and it was the last to leave. He was killed by a falling canopy. He was Whoa. 29 years old. Like a marquee? I think like a mar- I, oh I don't know God. if it's a marquee or an awning. Either way. Either way, <laughs> it, he did not make it through that one. On 4th Street, Frederick... Hero. Bar- Absolute hero. Yeah. Saved all those people in the theater. On 4th Street, Frederick Borum Cole, who was 61, grabbed his granddaughter and wrapped her in his arms during the quake. They were found under a pile of rubble that used to be their house. She lived, he didn't. A three-year-old girl, Dolores Marie Mitchell, was killed, crushed to death on her stairway to her house on Anaheim Street. On Ocean Boulevard, there was a brick building that was a home to a poultry shop run by Vera Rogers and her husband. When the S word hit the F word, she fled the shop and then she ran back. She fled? You figured it out. She fled, he fled. So she runs outside and then she remembers, my husband's in there. She goes back in to save him. They made it out safely, but outside was the problem. It rained bricks down on them and the whole building crumbled and they both died on the sidewalk. A high schooler, Tommy Guillermo, who was 16, died when the roof of the locker room that he was in at San Pedro High School collapsed on him. There are 51 stories like this 51 stories 51 in long people beach die or how many? 120 deaths Ooh. all together all over because of the earthquake but in long beach there was 51 that's where they got the worst in compton also saw a lot of damage they got about 17 deaths there part of the issue with compton was that much of the area sat on ancient water saturated sediments deposited mm-hmm. by overflows from the alley river so there, there's just like you're just on liquefaction i'll get i talk about that okay. a little bit L- remember liquefaction remember but basically liquefaction. that's the word of the day <laughs> uh, ah! <laughs> So it was 1933, and this was the first truly big earthquake of modern Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. And let me tell you, they were not ready for it. Building codes at the time did not factor into earthquakes, really. So many buildings were made out of bricks with wooden beams and cheaply made walls. So when that... Not even, like, plastered together. I know. It's just just like hope keeping them together. So when a 6.4 shaker hit, which is not strong, it's strong but not devastating, you know, everything came apart. If you managed to walk away from the 11-second initial hit, you had 34 more aftershocks to shake your house loose from its foundation the first one hit at 609 610 612 615 all the way to midnight there's a story in the alley times where a man recalls going to his family's mortuary and during the cleanup there was an aftershock and it shook the sign loose and it fell and crushed their mechanic's foot off and pretty much severed it ew yeah i thought you were gonna say like all the coffins opened up yeah all the schools pretty much suffered significant damage there's a photo of franklin junior high pretty much collapsed the dome at poly high crashed to the main hallway jefferson high totally caved and collapsed and burst into flames they said if this had struck there in school hours, the casualty would have been in the thousands. 120 schools in and around Long Beach were damaged, and 70 of which were completely destroyed. Balconies and overhangs just flung off of their structures. Pillars that were installed to add support just buckled and allowed roofs to collapse. The entire northwest corner of the Ebal Club was in rubble. What? The Ebal Club, which is oh, in- they- like Ebel? Oh, is it Ebel? The thing that's downtown? Yeah, Ebel? yeah. The, the, the Long Beach chapter of the Ebel Club. Thank Ebel? you. I don't know. Could be Ebel. Is it a Patreon person? Because if so, then we're, <laughs> then we're probably mispronouncing it. They should give us money to mispronounce it. <laughs> Ebel, Ebel, we're looking at you. The Bank of America and the post office on 7th and Redondo completely came down. Fires erupted all over the city, but the fire department would be a little late because the main station had been destroyed during the quake. <laughs> all over the area, streets were filled with debris and telephone poles. Telephone poles were just knocked down and in the street. Telephone lines were 
out all over the city. Cars were buried. There was no electricity. A hero of the city was a gas company employee who shut off the gas lines during the quake and probably saved so many lives. After the quake... And how was he punished by the earthquake <laughs> like all the other heroes were? He fell into a big hole. He survived it all, but he was the final victim of old Ironside. <laughs> <laughs> he jumped on the ship and the ship sank. The ghost of Washington shot him. Some dusty old bullet from a gun that only shot one bullet. It was shot more powder than a wooden bullet. bullet. <laughs> never lied. His aim was true. <laughs> 1,831 homes were destroyed. 21,000 homes were damaged. Cumulatively, the 11-second earthquake caused over $50 million in damages. $50 million during the Great Depression. Yeah. Which That's was 50 not million the dollars time. nobody had. <laughs> ooh, geez. Ooh, boy. I hope you guys living, ooh. like, living around hope a lot we of Britain. World War II. Uh, <laughs> which you'll find out in a couple of years what that's about. <laughs> Better get to Hitler's Eagle Nest first to steal <laughs> those silverware. We gotta make some money. Rumors started to spread during the chaos. People were hearing stories that Point Furman and Pedro, which we talked about in the haunted episode, had crumbled and fallen into the sea. Not true. <laughs> People were hearing that Catalina disappeared into the rumble of the ocean. Not true. News was spreading that a tidal wave was on its way, and some people even later were like, I heard Long Beach isn't even there anymore. <laughs> and they couldn't approve it. I, <laughs> you want to go to Long Beach? I don't have a boat. The earthquake shattered people's lives. But luckily, help was on the way. The man in charge was L.A. County Sheriff Eugene Bizcaliz. Uh, Bizcaliz? Bizcaliz. Bizcaliz. What? Bizcaliz. Bizcaliz. How do you spell it? B-I-S-C-A-I-L-U-Z. I don't know. Okay. I read names from 1933, and I'm supposed to know how to pronounce them. I'm sorry. I'm supposed to treat them with humanity? Eugene Bizkalas was on the way. Only a few years earlier, Bizkalas developed a new division of law enforcement known as the California Highway Patrol. Hmm. He also had a long, interesting family tree that involves a mission soldier for the San Gabriel mission. We won't hold that against him. Bizkalas was getting word about how bad the damage was in South LA, in particular Long Beach, but he couldn't reach anyone for comment. Like, he, there all the telephone lines were down, so he didn't know really know what to do. I mean, it's not that far in 1933. It's, it's really you not. You could drive there. Anyways. He, uh, I bet a giant caterpillar destroyed it. I heard that Catalina is now on top of Long Beach. <laughs> I think we're New York now. <laughs> I better retire. So he contacted his pilot friend, a man named C.N. James, or Jimmy James, who was vice president of uh, operations and an early day pilot for Western Air Express, which is now Delta Airlines. Hmm. James and a deputy sheriff hop in an open cockpit plane to fly over the area and assess the damage. And surprisingly, he commented there was little to no fog set in Long Beach which was an anomaly apparently they were able to get as low as 100 feet off the ground and they could see bodies being collected at service Ugh. stations they saw a couple of small fires blazing and the plane had no radio so he had to drive he had to drive the plane he had to fly the plane to meet uh Biscalas at the Burbank airport and then reported what he saw there did they know what earthquakes were you know from the amount of earthquakes that happened i don't think they really did it, it's almost like they're treating it like a like a nuclear like not that they knew what that was either yeah. but like a nuclear bomb had just gone off they're like we can't we can't go there we'll get earthquake poisoning <laughs> this was the first big one like there had been other yeah. ones but like this was the first devastating so they, one did they think like we can't walk on it it's gonna crumble it's 1933 how many people had cars what are they gonna take a trolley over there? You'd think the sheriff has a car. Maybe you're right. Yeah. I mean the take 30s. A paddy wagon over. Maybe Mary Pickford could pick me up in her yeah. sedan. <laughs> I have Amelia Earhart fly you. <laughs> yeah, they must she have had gone already. Yeah, she was I'm like trying to think of the history of cars and where they landed in the thirties, <laughs> and I only think of jalopies full of yeah. it looked like the Beverly Hillbillies. Yeah, the, the Keystone cops were sent <laughs> in to survey the damage. They had cars, but I think they were smuggling booze with Tommy Gun. Like, I'm trying to think of like where we were in the thirties and where cars were. I don't know why he didn't drive over there, but he had a plane go over to assess okay. the damage. Bizcolas was so impressed 
impressed with the help that James was able to give him in this, that he developed a system of disaster aid with private pilots find their own planes to help in search and rescue and later became the Aero Bureau, which is an awful name. So hard to say. <laughs> Red Cross chapters in the LA area rushed to the rescue with the help of the Army and the Navy, and they were able to start putting relief tents and beddings for thousands Send of people. Send in all the Ironside. <laughs> <laughs> we need help from a boat from 1764. Fight thunder with thunder. <laughs> Shoot the fault line. So first aid stations were established because of the Red Cross all over Long Beach and Compton. They were able to become basically like because so many hospitals were damaged, they became like where all the emergency and first aid areas were. In Compton, a first aid station was set up with a 689 nurses in Long Beach mm, with hubba, a hubba. <laughs> And the wartime nurses, so like dresses and heels. And you're like, are you sure you should be ha- You want PJs on? Because that seems very uncomfortable. Keep her away from me. She doesn't have <laughs> lipstick on. She's not rude. It's not form-fitting enough. Stay away from me. You're supposed to inspire hope. Have a milkshake and then get back over here, skinny. Well, you know, my grandma was a nurse. Not uh, Yeah, she was a nurse in the 30s. Oh, in, yeah? the, in like the late 30s at Bellevue in mm-hmm. New York City. And the whole thing was like, you've got to look good. you got to weigh this amount of... Like oh she... God, she, like she like she works one of the counters at uh yeah at like at, at clinic counter but yeah. like she they would center you got to go down to the cafeteria and you've got to drink this milkshake because you're not full-bodied enough oh my like, it, God. it was it, disgusting anyway i love stories about your grandma <laughs> and she then, bullied chuck mccann at the fighting well i, I the told Nazis. you that she gave louis armstrong a shot in the butt right <laughs> no, you didn't tell me that she gave louis armstrong a, she, he came in for some shot and she gave it to him in the butt it's pretty funny yeah she said he was like pretending to play the trumpet <laughs> <laughs> i was about to ask him he started scatting the only man who sounds the same when he's playing trumpet and singing <laughs> Back to the disaster. Uh-huh. Can we get back to that? Yeah. Oh, it was really a disaster. It was for my <laughs> grandma. They didn't have strawberries. <laughs> I got to gain weight on vanilla. They'll know. The men will know. In Long Beach and the surrounding areas, 30 mass feeding stations were arranged by the Red Cross, set up to feed 83,000 people daily. <laughs> the LA chapter of the Red Cross set up information stations to connect friends and relatives who lost communication. So like if you show up, like, I don't know where my buddy Bob is, you can go to the station, which is incredibly helpful at the time they were also able to raise use facebook did they check in on facebook you, you can google his whereabouts right you can follow <laughs> him on a map which is terrific they were also able to raise over four hundred thousand for the relief effort to go towards repairing homes and businesses within a few days schools were being rebuilt and classes for most schools elementary schools or college were being held in tents some high school students held classes on bleachers church services were held in parks and the post office became an outdoor post office on 7th near american avenue fire stations were re-established in other buildings the long beach public library brought reading materials to to people camping in Lincoln Park. Do you have any anything else? No. Uh, I don't want to pay the fine on this book. <laughs> we'll tally it up with the effort, okay? Just read bill, the book. Bill it to the Red Cross. Yeah. <laughs> A few weeks later, homes and businesses were inspected for safety and people that had any property standing were allowed to re-enter. Congress was able to give $500 million in the form of low-interest loans to help in the relief. March 26, 16 days later, a memorial was held in Bixby Park for the 51 residents of Long Beach who died. Over 15,000 people gathered there to pay their respects. There are a few interesting things that came out of Long Beach earthquake of 1933. First and and least importantly, the Long Beach earthquake was the first earthquake recorded by the new technology accelerographs, accelerographs, which is a recorder that reads the acceleration of the ground. Second, when the quake was happening, it was felt all over LA. Pasadena shook some and out of a building at Caltech ran a guy carrying all of his gear. He was not running out of the building because of fear. This man 
was Charles Richter. Oh, I thought you were going to say it was... Um, Charles Thomas? No, JPL. <laughs> what? Uh, uh, J- touch Jim, Myself in the Bushes? Yeah, Jim uh, Parsons. Parsons. Yeah. Jack Parsons. Jack Parsons. Jim yeah. Parsons. <laughs> bazinga, bazinga, bazinga. <laughs> Jack Parsons went running out, horny as ever, <laughs> shaking a lot. It's happening. I touched I myself it. hard enough that it's happening. Really? Charles Richter? Charles Richter ran outside. Huh. Also known, for anybody who doesn't know, the man behind the Richter scale, which is now how we measure the strength of earthquakes. Wow. Charles Richter, also known as the master interpreter of earthquakes. This is a 6.4. <laughs> is it rolling or is it bouncing? It was just all these nerds. Uh, the same thing Jack Parsons was yelling. <laughs> <laughs> he was at Caltech getting his PhD in physics at the time. Something like two years later, him and a guy named uh, Benno Gutenberg developed the Richter scale. But here's another thing. Richter's running out. Be about Snoop Dogg. Someone very similar to Snoop Dogg. Richter runs out of the building at Caltech, probably giddy with excitement. And whose path does he cross? But a visiting speaker at Caltech, Albert Einstein, <laughs> who apparently says... Didn't even fill it because he was so involved in the discussion with a colleague. I thought they were, they were both running out. And he's like, <laughs> I, equals MC it? squares. Six point four on a Richter scale. <laughs> Two I, huge scientific advancements crossing each other. I imagine Richter out a box full of like beakers and like a ball that rolls a lot. He's like, oh boy, oh boy. Are you Albert Einstein? Oh boy, oh boy. Just like runs right past him. I was so excited. God, Albert Einstein was here to feel it. Yeah, that's where, that's and, probably and the he same. Did it. <laughs> he was here this to feel was it for you, Albert. Yeah. we arranged this for you. That was probably the same trip he was here that he was there at the premiere of city lights or whatever that's so so weird big trip for albert einstein he went back to switzerland i had the most authentic (laughs) i tried tacos i had an earthquake (laughs) and i saw a premiere of a movie that's just some good alley lore for anybody out there who likes that stuff like i do that's so weird the truly great thing to come out of the 1933 quake was the california field act named after assemblyman don field the field act upgraded seismic safety standards for schools throughout california and required many other jurisdictions to require masonry reinforcement. Safety codes are now implemented into the design of schools and other buildings. It's also called for continual inspections and oversights. And although many people find these restrictions incredibly strict, after reading about entire schools collapsing... Uh, they're not Get real people. Do me a favor. Anyone who thinks it's too strict, look at a photo of a school that's knocked yeah. down and knowing that it happened at 554 and not 254 and be yeah. like, mm, maybe we need those. And let's see in the next story how well those restrictions held up. Yeah. <laughs> in 1933, the Long Beach earthquake that affected so much of South LA was a wake-up call to our city that we were not ready for seismic activity. If you're looking at an example of what would happen to LA if no preparation or even understanding of the danger we were in in Southern California, 1933 quake is a perfect one to see how unprepared we were and how like unaware how, of it we were how that. naive we were and how prepared we are now <laughs> and also in the 90s and also in whatever the next one you're about to be talking about i'm gonna roll right through this one okay, what's the next one you have the san andreas is the mighty crack that runs through california and one day it'll hiccup and all of the state will be swallowed into the earth but another concern are what are called blind faults blind because seismologists are either unaware of them or don't realize their potential I'm destructive s- power stepping on my uh fault line here Did, I, it seems, say it the it same seems our it. tectonic plates are bumping up against each other. We're bumping uglies here. And uh, if I read any, any research right, something bad's going to happen right now. Some rumbling's going to happen. Kiss me. Um, <laughs> Something's rumbling, all right. I read somewhere. I didn't. My tongue. <laughs> I read somewhere that there was a huge network of faults and fractures in the Earth's crust under the LA basin. And although they are smaller than the San Andreas Fault, their true destructive power lies in where they are located, directly underneath densely populated areas. One of these blind faults runs along the base of the San Gabriel Mountains above San Fernando Valley. The, oh, yeah. Here we here go. We go the area has many faults but the one that we're going to be talking about is called the sierra madre fault not wrong about that part of town having a lot of faults (laughs) certainly a lot of faults in that part of town could find a lot of faults in the valley um what 
<laughs> Nine miles below the surface. A creature was awake. <laughs> His name, the Sierra Madre Fault. Sierra Padre. Sierra Padre. Sierra Madre Fault, nine miles below the surface, is the one we're going to be talking about right now. Okay. Geologists might have known that the area had faults, but they didn't think that they were active. They would find out it was active on February 9th, 1971, a Tuesday, a weekday. Mm-hmm. Some people were awake when it hit, some people were asleep, but for sure, just before 6.01 a.m., everyone woke up when an earthquake was set off north of Silmar. I'm seeing a... I was going to say there's a pattern of like earthquakes happen at around six o'clock. That's <laughs> the earthquake right. witching hour. Probably it, the twitching hour. <laughs> it measures at a 6.6 on the Richter scale mm-hmm. around the same shake as the 33 quake and it lasts for 12 seconds. Do you want to count that? Yeah, let's count. Th- okay. Hang on. Let me, let me get a full circuit going. And what? Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 11, 12. It's confusing because there's another clock yeah. going on. So it's... Yeah, it's like a Thelonious Monk song. One of you guys is off, but it's good. <laughs> That's what makes it so good. That's what I can't play. <laughs> Neither can he. In that 12 seconds was a 1971 Silmar earthquake. In that 12 seconds, according to Daily News article by Dana Bartholomew, bridges fell, freeways buckled and collapsed, sewer lines snapped, power lines came down, gas lines exploded, chimneys toppled over, walls crumpled, windows <laughs> shattered, and people died. In houses at work on the road in hospitals all of you the hospital in somar uh-huh. it had a new like six-story facility literally like a, the whole facility by the way was a month old january 9th was when they were like it's ready during the quake it shifted a foot off its foundation and the first floor collapsed and killed three people <laughs> a thousand patients were lo- thankfully evacuated safely if it had been during staff hours which was at 8 a.m it would have killed so many more people. Mm-hmm. Phone lines, electricity, elevators were all out at the hospital. Three other hospitals in the area suffered considerable damage. We'll get to one of them. As did an electrical switching station, a converter station, the San Fernando Juvenile Facility, and a glass factory in Newhall, which is like a glass factory during an earthquake. is pretty funny. They had like <laughs> millions of dollars. It's almost doing. as funny as being in a jello factory. <laughs> How was the jello factory? Can we check Hired? in on the jello factory? <laughs> Guys? Whoa! <laughs> A line of Los Angeles County ambulances were crushed by a parking overhang. Schools collapsed, although I couldn't find too much info on that. The overpass at the 5 and the 210 at Silmar was destroyed when a bridge fell on it and killed two people. If it was rush hour, so many more people would have been dead on the freeway. On the Newhall Pass interchange at the 5 and the 14, that collapsed for the first time. And not the last. (laughs) (laughs) The thing about reading about earthquakes, especially in like newspapers that are like looking back on it, is that you'll hear so many stories of people who lived through it and everyone seems have the same sort of like it was shaking and i thought i was gonna die and it was loud and it ended but like i'm just i want a list of all the places that were like this fell down but like they don't have that but it'll like it's some every paper will sum it up like schools collapse so like i couldn't find what schools in the valley collapsed schools collapsed oh what now you acknowledge that there are schools in the valley so what you pick and choose when you're sympathetic to the valley school of hard knocks what <laughs> what'd you say about my nuts what the hell did you say about these nuts these nuts oh, there's a mosquito in here mm. must be a spy from my favorite murder <laughs> that's okay oh it's making so much money <laughs> oh, no. it was insured oh, no. they're gonna pay even, gonna pay even more oh no it got picked up by another network <laughs> they're gonna do a murder of the moth and it's gonna be the it's greatest a episode a murder it's a mosquito from the moth podcast <laughs> the irony of the damages and losses two things should be singled out first this one had no casualties but it's like terrifying to think about wait this one had no oh, no the casualties situation? the situation okay. had no casualties the van norman dam yeah i i, w- I was gonna mention do you this know where also. this is at yeah it's the it's one that they put all the 
little balls in to create shade. Okay. That is in the Granada Hills Mission Hill yep. area near where you grew it's up. It's right above, like, with the Odyssey. Oh, okay. It's up. Oh, I got lost up there one time. Off above <laughs> Rinaldi, right? Real close. Real close to us. Kicking right the dam. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just to the left of uh, whatever five or whatever that yeah. is that goes up there. The dam <laughs> consists of two areas, the upper and, and lower, lower reservoirs. Lower. Together, they hold 3.6 billion gallons of drinking water, which is about 80% of the LA water supply. There it is. Take it. Part yeah, that's where it all goes. Yeah. That's the, there it is. Take it water. Yeah, the water slide leads. Yeah. Part of the rim of the lower reservoir was concrete, but some of it was earth and dam, which seems to be like compacted dirt, sand, and clay, like an, like an earthy embankment or a barrier. The earthquake hits and the embankment loosens up and begins to give. 30 feet worth of barrier had broken off and all that was left was about six feet before the surface of the water. A strong aftershock could have given the water just enough push to topple it and once the weight of the water would have hit the remaining wall it would have buckled the Mm -hmm. water i remind you 3.6 billion gallons became dangerously close to toppling the rim of the dam but luckily even with aftershocks it didn't happen no water gushed past whatever barrier was left but like 80,000 residents within a 2 by 12 mile radius like a rectangle radius were evacuated they had to leave their homes for four days after the earthquake so the water levels had to be like lowered using pumps a ucla study on that found that if the dam collapsed it would have killed between 71,000 and 100 23,000 people. I, I read that it was 15,000. Oh, really? I don't know. We want to try mean, it right now? Yeah, let's go. Let's go kick it open. <laughs> let's but, uh, see how many people. But what, what I read also was that they had just lowered the water level like two months before. Yeah. And if they hadn't, that would have been it. Yeah, that would have been it. Like yeah. the, the, the weight of the water would have killed all of yep. those people there goes the valley luckily they lower the you water would love that wouldn't you you would love it say it say it i own a boat i'd be fine it didn't happen i live on a boat in the middle of Van eyes <laughs> like cliff booth we it didn't happen though no lives were lost but it was it scared a lot of people including me reading it the other location though is pretty heartbreaking. The San Fernando Veterans Administration Hospital, the VA hospital near Plummer and Haskell, was built in 1926, mm-hmm. long before the field at codes were implemented. The structure consisted of a lot of concrete with tile walls. After the earthquake, the VA hospital was a pile of rubble with slanted frames. The whole thing? Pretty much. I think, like, a big portion of it The one that's, collapsed. like, up on the hill above I North think so. Offer? I was trying to get a better idea of where it was. I mean, that's the VA. Yeah, it must be that in Silmar. A lot in of, like, Silmar? S- are, are you talking about the one in Silmar or in North Hills? Oh, Plummer and Haskell. I guess it's North Hills. You're right. Yeah. I guess we proved who really lives in the valley. People who live under dams. I live near a lake, which used I, to be a reservoir. I live near a reservoir <laughs> with no protection. <laughs> so the VA hospital came down. Four to four people died there. In total, the earthquake would injure 2,500 people, cost more than $550 million in damages, and claim the lives of 64 people, nine of which were due to heart attacks. Later, scientists would find the epicenter of the quake. They would find it and discover that at the area, Arrested. put a bullet in it so it never happens again. <laughs> so they go to the area where the quake happened the epicenter it had raised off the ground five feet like the plate had lifted and they found that the san gabriel mountains rose two to three feet tariff tariff mountains were built because of this immediately after the quake though it was rescue time one of the benefits of the valley being hit in 1971 was there was adequate emergency rescue departments the fire department ambulances police there were there were enough departments there like a lot of people complained that there was a slow time but like there were enough to help everybody it wasn't like you were waiting for days also very fortunate was that the quake hit at 6 a.m so people were in their homes and because the valley was relatively new the houses were built with reinforced structures to deal with a big shake 
already. Some homes cracked and windows shattered, but very few houses crumbled. If it happened two hours or even an hour later, the quake would have been devastating because everyone would have been out at work. Like they would have been in these buildings that weren't retrofitted the same as houses. So they probably would have come down. Hundreds, if not thousands of people flocked to any emergency room they could find. Many going to any all what? of- Any emergency room that oh. they could find. Many going to Olive View, which had its second floor conveniently now located on the first floor. Not funny. So people were going to Olive View with injuries and Olive View was trying to evacuate. They had managed to set up temporary facilities in an unused building at the site and then gave people first aid. Other people went to other hospital sites that hadn't fallen apart or they went to like church emergency setups that had first aid. Valley residents had to endure weeks without water, gas, and power as the Salvation Army rolled out trucks of hot food. But life returned to normal after that for those people who go walk away with their lives. The quake scared the S word out of a lot of people. It was incredibly strong, but the fault was pretty much ignored or missed altogether, which was the most alarming thing that there was a fault here and we had no idea that these series of faults could just be like activated. Mm -hmm. But from it, a new set of safety standards emerged from four hospitals, dams, freeways, and land use planning across California. In 1973, the state passed the Alquist Hospital Seismic Safety Act, which reinforced safety building codes to make sure that they could withstand a moderate quake. At the time, this was the third worst earthquake in terms of casualties in California history. In front of that was the 33 earthquake and heading the list was the big one, the 1906 San Francisco earthquake, which I keep keeping surprised when I read the death count was 3,000 people. But it was, that was most, well, I'll get into it. Yeah, yeah you, it was the worst earthquake to hit the valley since the New Hall quake of 1893, which I didn't do too much research on. There was a lot of trouble after the quake between residents and different city and state departments. A lot of people complained about response time between Sheriff Peter Pitches and the city. The sheriff wanted to call the National Guard to assist in areas that were hit hard. Then they found out that the sheriff was not getting the National Guard to do simple things like supply drinking water to people who had none. There was a lot of problems with like realtors and emergency funds and low income loans and small business associations. This went on for years. Reading stories in different newspapers, it seemed like the quake was terrifying and the aftermath was long and frustrating. But were lessons learned? Let's find <laughs> out course. in 30 years. Uh, 30 years? 71 to... Oh, that's right. Two years. 20, 20 years. Two years. No. Two, it was two years. Oh, what a fool I was. It's two, two years, years away. <laughs> <laughs> Grandma, you haven't aged at all. It's 1991. And you're as smoking hot as ever. I have a thing about what you should do during an earthquake and we say that for the end. Yeah, I have some I have some and tips. We're just trying to save lives here. Tip number one, always have a Pez dispenser. <laughs> okay. Okay, scare the crap out of me. Each time they're like, well... We learned our lesson yeah. this time. We've got codes. <laughs> We're safe from now on. We're going to keep an eye on these yeah. uh, these building codes. Now we understand that there's faults. <laughs> and each one that hits, the city's getting more and more populated. Yeah. So the stakes are getting higher and higher. Absolutely. This is the big one. But not really the big one. Early morning, a little past four. Wiggles ring out in the Northridge sky. <laughs> what song is that supposed to be? It's a U2 song. It's the one about Martin Luther King being assassinated. Oh, wow. Anyway, <laughs> I made a parody of it. So just a few seconds earlier, on January 17th, 1994, reality as usual. Everything's the same. We were all asleep in our beds with our dinosaur nightlights going and completely dry matching dinosaur pajamas. Then the clock hit 4.30 and 55 seconds a.m. January. January 17th, 1994, and the entire city changed forever. Can you stop there? <laughs> I kind of don't want you to go further. Is that when you first wet yourself? At that exact moment, a previously unknown fault line centered 10 miles below somewhere along Arminta between Reseda and Wilbur in Reseda. Wow. Catastrophically cut the cheese. This is a street we know. Yeah. These are all, well, you and I know. I, yeah. That was one thing. Driving here tonight to record this, 
at an undisclosed location in Northridge. Yeah. I was passing like, okay, so I'm driving over the fault line right now. <laughs> That's where this triage was. That's where headquarters was. Yeah. That's where the biggest catastrophe happened. That's where the thing fell down. Yeah. Like every single... Uh, same thing too, yeah. <laughs> like you were talking about, this unknown fault line, blind thrust fault. It shows no features on the surface. So yeah. there was no way for anybody to know this. This is now called the Northridge or Pico thrust. It's 10 miles long, stretching up towards Chatsworth from okay. uh, from Reseda. This fault ruptured for seven Seven full seconds. So that's not seven seconds of shaking. That's yeah. seven seconds of ripping. Oh. You want to count seven seconds yes, of I ripping? Do. This <laughs> yeah. is just ripping. This is just ripping. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Thelonious monk clock <laughs> is really throwing me off. So that's seven seconds of ripping. It shook for 15. 15 Whoa. seconds. You want to count 15 seconds yeah. now? Oh, 15 seconds. <laughs> this is turning into an episode of Sesame Street. <laughs> One. <laughs> okay, 15 seconds. This is how long the Northridge earthquake shook us for. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. That's constant shaking, shaking you're feeling. And it was shaking horizontally and vertically. Oh. So it's like... Uh, it's, it's a jackhammer, but you're also being pushed. Yeah. Being <laughs> it's by a bullet. jackhammer on a trampoline. <laughs> it ruptured south to north. So from Reseda towards Chatsworth with yeah. the fastest acceleration of power shot out towards Tarzana and the fault line hit closest to the surface right where that not dry for much longer dinosaur boy was sleeping granada hills the valley california that's where it hit i was (laughs) you were so close to it i was not under the epicenter i was apparently under in particular my bed it was where it hit closest to the surface how old were you uh i was i I wasn't born yet i was like (laughs) negative 14 i was born and i I lived a life and uh, it's not not no one's business to know i was was born born out of the internet (laughs) yeah i was six years old at that time so this was prime trauma age. So to give an idea of how much energy is released in an earthquake, a magnitude 5 is equivalent to the bomb that hit Hiroshima. A 6 is enough energy to launch the space shuttle 2 million times. So what hit under Reseda that morning was a 6.7. Bigger than Silmar, bigger than Long Beach. This isn't the biggest magnitude to ever hit, but it made the strongest ground motions ever recorded by instruments in an urban setting in North America. It's not the number of the magnitude. (laughs) It's the way that you use it. Yeah, it's the girth of the magnitude. I remember it being incredibly loud. I see. Like freight train loud. Let's talk about our memories right now, because some things I remember, I then learned what was happening from doing this research. Okay. Let me hear yours, because I'm curious, because you were not, you were in Echo Park at the time. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. So I was far from it. Not Yeah. Not close, but it's still, it was still incredibly powerful. I was in the living room. Mondo was in the living room. It started shaking. My parents were right there. So they got us up. We all five of us got under a doorway and it, yeah, it was just- supposed to do no <laughs> oh well we know that now we all got under our porcelain doorway <laughs> and it was just like insanely loud everything was falling down i remember that too and then my mom pulled my baby brother out of the crib and she said something to make sure he was okay and she realized that she was holding him upside down and she I, was talking to his butt i remember this story yeah. this was on the front page of the daily news yeah that woman was... talks to butt <laughs> oh yeah some shaking happened for me i wet the bed hell yeah i must have <laughs> me every day all right it's a 6.7 in my bed every night <laughs> and that's a uh, there's flooding too right mom 
Mom, you must have been crying because of the earthquake, <laughs> and you wet my pants. I wet the bed. I must have been crying. I yeah. there's no way I wasn't crying, For and sure. I was screaming out. I remember the sky was red. I looked outside, and the sky was red, and we'll find out why. Uh-huh. But other than the exact moment, I really don't remember a lot. I remember the aftermath of just stuff. Like stuff everywhere, yeah, like stuff everything everywhere. on the floor. Yeah. And uh, I remember when the electricity finally came back, there was a lamp that was like shattered on the oh, floor wow. and it turned back on. <laughs> I was like, hey, hey, it works. <laughs> We're going to be all right. Start a small fire. And we never cleaned anything up. <laughs> Why bother? It's going to happen again. So by 10 30 a.m., there was already a name for this massive earthquake that hit under Reseda on Reseda, the Northridge earthquake. I don't know why they called it the Northridge yeah, earthquake. They knew right away where. Yeah, we got to brand this thing. <laughs> Let's go through snapshots of the destruction that this caused and keep in mind as i list each of these things all of this happened at the same time i haven't dislodged from space and time yet so i have to list these in a numeric list but these were all happening at the same time i'll start towards the epicenter and move outwards one of the parking structures and part of the bullocks department store at the northridge mall collapsed over at csun parking lot c on zelza collapsed the university tower apartments also on zelza collapsed the science building caught on fire the east and west wings of the oviat library fell down so the South Library and the Fine Arts Building. Meanwhile, in Granada Hills, all the Keebler cookies my parents kept hidden from me on top of the refrigerator flew all over the floor. <laughs> I remember that very clearly. There were Keebler, chocolate fudge Keebler elves everywhere. Exposed and vulnerable for a little boy who had just wet himself. <laughs> my biggest memory, like I said, aside from those cookies, it was the sky was red. And I always thought I imagined that. But now I know... This is why that happened. Around Balboa and Rinaldi, the street ripped open and a water main broke and that shot a geyser of water into the sky. But water isn't red. Then a gas main broke and mixed gasoline with the water. And then a guy who didn't know what just happened drove his truck into the hole, which ignited the gas. So a fireball shot 100 feet in the sky, which must have been what I saw. Oh my God. Right. Wow. Right. And you didn't hear any of that. No, I I was too busy screaming. But yeah, that must have been this is the beginning of gravity's rainbow by the way go ahead (laughs) five houses around that caught on fire balboa was pretty much a river of water that was also on fire at some parts of it it was just leaking and burning i was doing half of that (laughs) in chatsworth a 24 car train was traveling down the tracks at the time and wouldn't you know it it was carrying 2,000 gallons of sulfuric acid. Oh, it was carrying nuclear bombs yeah, this, uh, and cows with knives. This is a calculus word problem. <laughs> the train derailed and spilled all the acid, causing a cloud of sulfuric acid hovering around the train tracks. And things were so catastrophic in the valley that the cloud of sulfuric acid wasn't an immediate priority. <laughs> And again, this is all happening at the same all time. At the same time yeah. Parts of the Woodland Hills Kaiser collapsed. Several buildings in Sherman Oaks either collapsed outright or caught on fire. One of the most horrific things happened on the road between Silmar and Santa Clarita, the 5 and the 14 freeway overpass, the same exact spot, yeah. sheared off completely. An LAPD officer named Clarence Wayne mm-hmm. Dean was on his way to work on his motorcycle at the moment this happened and didn't see that the road was missing. And he flew 40 feet to his death off the edge of that. That's it. That's the scariest thing. That's one of the scariest things. Also caught in the rubble of the crumbled 14 was a seven-month pregnant woman who was crushed inside her car when the five fell on top of it. She was saved, though, but like... Yeah. First of all, what is she doing out seven months pregnant at five in the morning? Get one last whatever dip. pregnant women like to. I need pickle yeah. juice. I need pickle this ice cream. Bad. You know how bad I needed four in the morning. Bad. So there were rock slides all along the Santa Susana Mountains, and the earthquake raised them 
another 15 centimeters, the Santa Susana oh. Mountains. Several buildings along Hollywood Boulevard collapsed. Santa Monica Hospital was severely damaged, as was part of the Santa Monica Freeway near La Cienega. Fires broke out in Venice and Malibu. The Memorial Coliseum cracked. Fires broke out in South Central. Landslides broke out at Castaic Lake. A jumbotron fell and crushed Ooh. 800 seats in Angel Stadium in Anaheim. Anaheim. People felt rumbling in Las Vegas, Nevada, Richfield, Utah, and Ensenada, Mexico. This all happened around 15, 15 in the same 15 That's seconds. Insane. Streets were flooded, sometimes also on fire. Parking structures fell on top of thousands of cars. Cars that were driving literally jumped off the road because they was thrown up. Yeah. People were physically thrown out of bed. The 510, 14, 118, and 210 freeways were either partially or completely off limits. Yeah. Several people died in car crashes. One lady fell out of bed, died of an aneurysm. Several lost the power to their home respirators and died. One guy got electrocuted to death by a downed power line. One guy downtown freaked out and jumped out of the window of his six-floor apartment to his death. Two people were buried alive under books. They were killed. A microwave fell on top of a guy and killed him. People who saw the valley just after this initial chaos, they just saw pitch black land with dust rising over it like a fog and occasionally explosions from mm-hmm. power transformers that's hell this is all hell on earth like and, and all it, you could have looked away if you were standing on top of the mountains you could have been like hey i think there's a shooting star where'd the valley go <laughs> as i hover in a bubble above this spot <laughs> i felt nothing i must have been talking with albert einstein i didn't feel anything here's where my trigger warning kicks yeah. in here the f- that wasn't that didn't need a trigger warning no, I, just I probably should have had a trigger warning there also but this one double trigger the worst nightmare unfolded in northridge at a place called northridge meadows it was a three-story 163 unit apartment complex at 9565 receda boulevard right next to csun it's right near it's across from that post office near where the donut shop and the lady kept calling you crazy Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it's right over there okay. behind the homicidal crab or whatever the Cajun <laughs> place is called. So to best illustrate what happened, I'll tell you one particular story. One guy's grandma lived on the first floor at Northridge Meadows, so he drove over to make sure she was okay, and he went to her window. But when he looked inside, he didn't recognize any of the furniture, and then he realized the building had somehow lost a floor. Like in Silmar, what had happened was the entire first floor got crushed by the other two floors And this three-story building was now a two-story building. So there was no longer a first floor. And everyone who lived on that floor was either lucky enough to be alive and stuck in their apartment, which is horrific, often pinned under furniture, or were either killed instantly or slowly crushed to death. That was your three three options in Northridge Meadows. One minute after the initial quake, a 5.9 hit and pushed the building down even further. So if you were crushed, if you had... 12 inches, now you got 10 inches. Some survivors were stuck in there for six hours. One guy was stuck between a filing cabinet and the ceiling with each aftershock brought the ceiling down on him more and more. Horror. 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 Absolutely. Absolutely You're right. right. That is the worst. Some people had as little as 18 inches of room for hours. One kid had to listen as his three roommates were slowly crushed to death. (sighs) Many who were able to get out of their apartments became heroes, saving whoever they could find. Again, there's so many heroes in this story. People from the building next door used ladders from their building Uh to the meadows to get people out. One guy named Eric Pearson, who lived in the meadows, was an emergency medical technician. He saved many, many people. But when people said, like, you're a hero, you're a hero, he said, I don't feel like a hero because I had to 
see five people dead. Horrible. Yeah. Northridge Meadows showed the best in people during this whole thing, but it also showed the worst damage that happened. And all 16 people died inside this building. Most of them were older people who were living on the first floor so they didn't have to deal with stairs. Mm-hmm. But one woman lost not only her husband, but her 14-year-old son oh, on the first floor of this building. So because the Northridge Meadows part of this story is so horrific, I have to tell you one story that came out of it for a glimmer of hope. A guy who lived there named Mike Kubaizi had six of his friends die in that building. Uh, that's not the nice part. He kept going though and he saved five people from their apartments. One of them was a woman named Trish who he had never met and was so scared she couldn't bring herself to leave her apartment but he coached her out through it and got her out of their safety. Mike and Trish went on to get married. They're still together today. It's an, a nice little that story. Nice. That's a nice little thing to add. I'm glad yeah. that. Now back to the carnage. Uh, oh, some not ready. Some 82,000 buildings were either damaged or destroyed including 7,000 houses, 5,400 mobile homes and 49,000 apartment buildings making for a total of 450,000 living units damaged. 6,000 commercial or industrial buildings were damaged, 4,000 municipal buildings, 9 parking structures fell, 9 hospitals were evacuated, 200 steel high-rises cracked, 7 freeway bridges collapsed, and another 250 were damaged from the initial quake or one of the 14,000 aftershocks that happened afterward. Most of them were imperceptible, but over 300 of them you could feel, including one that was over a 6 magnitude that happened 11 hours later so it's it this doesn't, doesn't stop count. yeah, yeah. <laughs> this one doesn't count the aftershock this one's a buy yeah 80 percent of the damage was in the valley with the strongest forces hitting within 30 miles of the epicenter but the worst places hit were the north valley and sherman oaks but also santa clarita west hollywood and santa monica due to the shape of the fault system and also the soil type and the age of the buildings in right. those areas all causes accounted for 72 people were killed that day 33 from fallen buildings 30 from heart attacks the rest from various injuries the youngest victim was Amy Tyre Vigil in Sherman Oak. She was four years old. There was also an outbreak of something called coccidioidomycosis. Say it right. Cox. <laughs> no, this is a Patreon person. I don't have to pronounce their name right. It was became known afterwards as Valley Fever, which was caused by inhaling all the fungus spores oh. that were in all the buildings that got knocked loose. So this also killed a few people. That's awful. 11,846 people were injured, 10,558 of them in LA County, mostly in the East Valley, 1,284 in Ventura County, four in Orange County. On day one, 466 fires broke out. All of them were put More out. More fires than there are days in the year. <laughs> Yep. All of them were put out within five and a half hours, but new fires popped up and went into the night and even more started when the power started coming back <laughs> on and they sparked all those loose wires. I saved the day. I turned the electricity back on. Oh no. Oh look, a shooting star. <laughs> Where'd the valley go again? The firefighters and first responders and the DWP people, they were valiant and I've never described a DWP worker that way. They sprung into action immediately to assess the damage and get people to safety and get the utilities up and running again as quickly as they could. Unfortunately, in this situation, not very quick. Yeah. It would take a while. Because of the damage to the roads getting into the valley and the time of day that this happened, in the first few hours, there were only about 50 firefighters who were able to get onto the street helping people. Several firehouses couldn't get their doors open to get the trucks out because there was no power and the mechanisms got damaged. So they were stuck. This meant that they had to literally, the 50 that were out there, had to drive past people begging and crying for help because they had to prioritize what they deemed to be the most urgent situation. Like I said, the cloud of sulfuric acid in Chatsworth was not at the top of the list. Yeah, it's just this, an acid cloud enough. going yeah. around. Places like Northridge Meadows needed the most attention, even though they initially drove past it, not realizing How that the mostly normal looking two-story building used to be a three. They were like, yeah. oh, nothing too bad there. 
it's missing a whole floor. The biggest priority was stopping the fires because they knew that the past earthquakes, like the ones that hit San Francisco or Tokyo, Mm -hmm. most of the destruction was caused by fires that broke out and swept through the entire city. Like you see those pictures of San Francisco where it's just like smoking rubble. Yeah. An earthquake doesn't do that. Fire does that. You're right. Yeah. They were determined not to let that happen. The problem was so many water lines had broken that there was no water pressure. There was nothing coming out of the hydrants. And there were also 25 mile per hour winds blowing. As one of the guys put it, everything failed. (laughs) I just need the wind to stay still for, oh no. As long as it stays under 24 (laughs) miles per hour. I don't know how they did it, but this barely double digit squad of firefighters managed to get things under control and prevent what could easily have been most of or all the valley being burned to the ground. Heroes. Eventually, help was able to get through and a command center was set up at Nordoff and Reseda in the Vaughn's parking lot. They saved hundreds, if not thousands of lives and got them to the medical assistance they needed, which unfortunately, most hospitals could not provide. Like I said, most of the hospitals were damaged and several were not even safe to enter. The VA in North Hills Mm -hmm. couldn't go in there. Holy Cross and Mission Hills, all of you in Silmar, completely shut down. Surgeries were canceled. Hospitals, several had to be evacuated. The county psychiatric hospital had to move all of its patients. The Northridge Hospital and a few others set up triages in their parking lots. The Granada Hills Community Hospital was operating with no heat or water. 21 premature babies had to be airlifted to functioning hospitals. A few women went into labor early from the trauma and yeah. several of them lost the babies. Eventually, more doctors, nurses, and psychiatrists were brought in as part of federal relief and the Red Cross set up at Birmingham High School. But the first few hours and days, again, heroes local heroes there was even one guy who had a school bus who was going around evacuating (laughs) people to places like this but remember all those homes that were damaged that meant that 125,000 people were now homeless which is now just another day in Los Angeles but it was crazy back then yeah 94 that is enough to make a headline (laughs) when everyone had a house (laughs) and even more were too afraid to go back into Into their their houses because that's where all the scary stuff happened exactly it could happen again and it was happening it happened 14,000 more times I think my family I'm pretty sure we lived in a car for a little bit. Yeah. I don't, again, I, I don't remember most yeah. of what happened. It must have been really bad, but I remember those cookies. I think we had people move in with us at the house after the quake. Is it me? That's how I know you. That's why we're <laughs> You adopted friends. my family. <laughs> Put them to work. Replant my begonias. <laughs> so then even more people who did want to go back into their houses couldn't because all the buildings had to be inspected first to make sure they were safe. So then there were 48,500 homes without water, 20,000 without gas, and another 9,000 without electricity. There were temporary water stations for people to fill up jugs, mobile phone booths since nobody had phones back then. 15 neighborhoods became ghost towns with 90% of their housing damaged or evacuated and actual ghosts moved in. This meant that a lot of people were living in makeshift shelters or if there wasn't room, they were just camping out in parks across the city for days. The National Guard came in and set up tent cities in Winnetka Recreation Park, Lanark Park, a few others, but some were just sleeping in sleeping bags in parks in like San Fernando and stuff like that. The National Guard was there to help out with things like that, but mostly just to deter any potential looters so they put out a curfew also and there's very little looting which i'm surprised by and there were only 73 arrests and most of those were just curfew violations yeah. people needed their pickle juice <laughs> mayor reardon had declared a state of emergency an hour after it hit and by that afternoon president clinton had declared what had happened in la county a national disaster big bubba himself he came to visit on january 19 groped his way through the rubble he took over uh, oh, it's, louis armstrong wasn't in the story he was in another story but <laughs> saxophone men to the rescue uh, he played trumpet um <laughs> and louis armstrong was only a senator the, the way the way you knew this was an earthquake in los angeles was that people on the side of the road were selling shirts of the earthquake map on them 
yep, yep, yep. And uh, light up balloons shaped like not Mickey Mouse. There was also a lot of community therapy going on because people were traumatized and scared to go back to their normal lives because it could hit again at any second. Yep. Apparently, me and my sister were in some group therapy, but I don't remember that either. So I guess it worked. How did you find out? I found out just like a few weeks ago. My mom was like, yeah, you and your sister were in, we sent you to a group therapy. Yeah, reg- regressive memory therapy. Yeah. It turned out it was aliens. <laughs> I remember that much. Aliens did it. A lot of people moved out of the more built up parts of town and some left California completely. So now we know the extent of the damage, but at what literal cost? Modern estimates of the damage are around 41.8 billion dollars, with two billion of that just being water damage, and then on top of that, another 49 billion in economic losses, and the city only got eight billion in federal aid for the 681,000 people and businesses that were applying for it. It's like you'll each get 20 cents. CSUN took somewhere between 250 to 350 million dollars in damages, and that parking structure that collapsed was. Mm -hmm only three years old when it collapsed and it's just now reopening. <laughs> 2020. Yep. Just in time for the next one. This was the biggest quake to ever hit LA County and the cost of it was more than the previous 50 years worth of earthquakes, storms, wildfires, floods, and landslides combined. Yeah. It cost more than that. It was also the first earthquake to hit directly under an urban area in the US since the Long Beach earthquake in 1933. I guess they, they don't consider at the time Silmar to be an urban area because it wasn't as built up. So yeah, take that Silmar. The rest <laughs> of the valley is cool. It was the most expensive one to hit California since San Francisco in 1906. And on top of that, it was the costliest natural disaster in US history, which was a proud title we held until 2005 when Hurricane Katrina hit. Darn it. The they, South always... The the South will rise again. And it did. <laughs> but here's the thing. Like you were saying, this could have been so much worse. We should be making sacrifices to the fault line every day of our lives yeah. for how lucky we are that when it hit, it hit when it did yeah. and where it did and the way it did. First off, it was four in the morning. Most people were still home asleep. It was also Martin Luther King Day. That's right. So if this happened at That's like 5 p.m. Tuesday, yeah. it would have been catastrophic. It mm-hmm. would have been horrible. We would probably all have known somebody or had yep. ourselves been killed that day. Yep. Second, the way that the fault ruptured sent most of the energy north towards the mountains because it split south to north but if it had split north to south all that energy would have shot towards downtown LA and devastated everything Mm -hmm. in between third as unprepared as we were we were still more prepared than we would have been had it not been for the Silmar earthquake so building codes were stricter and this was their first major test and as bad as it was a lot of stuff held up well or at least better than it could have there's the Van Norman thing so they reinforced the Van Norman since that because it could have been so much worse very very bad it could have been the same Francis Dam, but in the Here. city. Yeah. The fourth thing was that the magnitude of the Northridge earthquake, again, it really wasn't that big. In 1993, there were 141 different earthquakes in the six to seven magnitude range worldwide. This was only the 15th strongest earthquake in California history. The one that hit Ridgecrest this past July was yeah. way stronger than this. It was just so destructive because it hit right under an urban area. And also this particular fault shook, again, vertical and horizontal. But if this had been as strong as the one they're promising we'll get real soon, it would have been, again, bad stuff. One major way people were unprepared here was that they didn't have insurance. Oh, yeah. People didn't have insurance. About 67% of the losses were uninsured because nobody really thought to get earthquake insurance. What was even worse was that the people who did plan ahead and bought plans got screwed because a lot of the companies couldn't afford to pay out so many policies at once. The final victim of the earthquake was a guy who killed himself after his insurance company refused to pay out to help rebuild his life that was ruined. Not long after a new law was passed 
class requiring insurance companies to offer earthquake policies, but the risk was so great that a lot of these companies just stopped offering new policies completely or closed. So no new insurance policies available meant that people couldn't get mortgages to buy houses that required you to have an insurance policy. This caused that famous drop in the housing market everyone's hoping for after this next big one, but they probably won't happen again because another result of the Northridge earthquake was that the California Earthquake Authority was formed as a publicly run entity to offer basic earthquake insurance coverage to anybody. But other than just insurance policies, a lot of new laws were passed to try to make the city safer for the next time, which is happening. In 1995, a law was passed that water heaters needed to be properly strapped down. Buildings are now made fundamentally different, though, with more regard to how each floor connects to the other floor. Like, they didn't even think about that before. There's now way better fault mapping technology than there was then. In 1994, there were three stations in all of Southern California monitoring plate movement. Today, there's over 250 so while it took them 45 minutes to determine the magnitude of the Northridge earthquake, it takes two minutes. It would take that little yeah. amount of time today. Our technology has even gotten so good that it's being used all over the United States. What we developed, what mm-hmm. I developed. <laughs> Since I peed my pants that day, what I've been developing. <laughs> it's so good that it has revealed a lot of scary truths about what's lying underneath this city. We now know that there's a ton of unknown faults that like these ones across LA. Scariest of all is what's called the Puente Hills Fault, which runs under East LA that has has the potential to cause a 7.2 directly under downtown. If downtown's hit as an epicenter, yeah, I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, yeah, I don't know what's going to happen. We also learned that parts of the city you wouldn't expect, like Sherman Oaks and Santa Monica, were hit so hard because since they're both, here's that word again, they're right next to water, liquefaction happens, which yeah. is when it's so saturated. It's soil, it's saturated, but even though it's solid soil, it moves like liquid water right, yeah. in an earthquake. Imagine that. I Imagine the earth to. turning to yeah. liquid. <laughs> liquefaction happened in my pants also <laughs> i keep thinking about in the valley that pothole in sherman oaks that that car drove into oh yeah and the, it makes the me, sinkhole the sinkhole yeah. yeah and it just makes me think of like how yeah. loose the area oh, is underneath mm-hmm. us where it just like yeah there's a hole and the house could fall into yeah, it don't live by water <laughs> anywhere in this city yeah. but which is easy because there's not much <laughs> don't so the, live anywhere in la this led to better zoning rules that recognize these liquefaction the Californication dangers. This process is so slow. They're still retrofitting 7,000 miles of water lines to prevent them from rupturing next time. They say it's going to take 120 years to fully prepare LA's water pipes for the big one. In 2008, which was 14 years after Northridge, they just started the great shakeout drill to get people prepared for what to do when an earthquake hits. That started here, but it's now used all over the world. It wasn't until 2014, 20 years after Northridge that Eric Garcetti and Lucy Jones formally put forward an earthquake preparedness plan. Took 20 years that provided for backup water systems for the firefighters, an emergency citywide solar-powered Wi-Fi network, and most importantly, retrofitting. Mm -hmm. The soft story buildings, like the type that Northridge Meadows was, it showed just how vulnerable of a design they were during an earthquake. So in 2014, there were 12,865 of these buildings around the city that were mandated for a retrofit. That program didn't start till 20. 2015, and they gave them till 2022 to finish that. Only about half of these are done. My building just got finished. And my building's from like 1950. <laughs> like I said, it's made of pretzels yeah. and I've eaten most of them. But that's really the only retrofitting plan that's put into action, which is scary. There's a lot of bigger, older buildings around town that are not up to code and there's no mandates for any of these. Northridge hit during the construction of the Getty Center and they were using this type of material and method that they swore 
<laughs> was earthquake proof. This is unsinkable, uncrackable, this building. Ti- built by the Titanic Company. Yeah, built by Cunard. <laughs> After they assessed the damage, they found that six of the 80 steel joints in the building were damaged. Oh, great. So this uncrackable, there are buildings that have been using this type of method all over the city that were damaged, but there's still no mandates for steel buildings outside of West LA in the Valley. Scary to think. There, yeah, it's upsetting me. There's actually. some skyscrapers downtown that might have been damaged by Northridge that we aren't even aware of. It just needs a good push. Yeah. Yep. Joker. <laughs> um, on top of that, some of the freeways still aren't safe. The 514 interchange that had collapsed in the exact same way during the Silmar yeah. er- earthquake. After the Silmar earthquake, they rebuilt it the exact same way and said it's now earthquake proof. And then it collapsed the exact same way. Then after Northridge, they rebuilt it the exact same Don't way. Don't go on that. Don't Never go, go on towards that. Victorville or wherever that takes yeah. you. They eventually retrofitted it though. So I We'll see. Just put a bunch of pillows underneath. Yeah, that's the best I could do. <laughs> maybe if we slather it in CBD oil. <laughs> maybe if we just pour a bunch of CBD oil on the fault line, it'll relax. It's now named after the officer who died there. A memorial to him. They've also been testing an early warning Shake Alert LA app that came out in 2019, and then the Ridgecrest one happened, and it turned out it didn't work. Great. And even if it did, those would only be useful to people outside of the epicenter because computer data travels faster than the movement of a fault line. Right. So they're like racing to oh. get to. God, yeah. And by the time you like look at your phone, like, oh, an earthquake, boom. boom yeah. <laughs> so as prepared as we may be or think we are, we still have a long way to go and not a lot of time. As Garcetti put it, we're better prepared for the big one than any big city in America, which is to say we're woefully underprepared. Only about 13% of people in California have earthquake insurance, and the big one is supposedly coming. They've been saying that forever. They've been saying yeah, it. That, you know what that means is that it's actually coming now. No, 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 no. I'm just going to keep running towards this cliff. <laughs> I guess the idea of being over do isn't really true because fault lines by their nature are not predictable. Yeah. So something could happen at any time of any magnitude anywhere, which is even worse. It's yeah. just like saying we're not overdue is just like a weird philosophical debate. Like yeah. it's coming. It's just you're using the wrong terminology. Yeah. That being said, the likelihood of a 6.7 in the next 30 years is 60%. The likelihood of a 7 is 46%. And the likelihood of a 7.5 is 31%. I'm going to need it to be lower. <laughs> I'm pretty sure those numbers are only getting higher. Yeah. The big one scenario refers to the San Andreas Fault, which historically has split around every 150 years. And the last one, like we said, was 1857. So yeah. we're about 13 years late for that one. This runs under Palm Springs and worst case scenario would unleash a 7.8 that would head straight towards Los Angeles. This would be 44 times stronger than Northridge. And if it hit at the wrong time, it could kill. This number seems low, but it said 2,000 people. I feel like it's a lot more, a than, lot that. more than that. It would cost $200 billion in yep. damages. That's I, an accurate number. That, yeah. uh, it would affect all of Southern California. It would take decades to recover from. It could cause fires to break out that would devastate massive sections of the city. It could take up to three days for outside help to arrive, which means don't count on it. Yeah. Here's where we get to the preparation part be prepared thank you let's walk now. <laughs> here's, the, here's my advice move <laughs> all i have is have a kit with enough water for 10 days yeah don't hang at anything above your bed that could crush you in your sleep although maybe that might be good don't have anything outside your door that could fall and block your exit yeah. during an earthquake go under something and hold on don't go in a doorway if you're in bed stay in bed and cover your head with a pillow if you're in a car pull over park 
stay in your car, put the parking brake on. If you're in a tsunami zone, get to high ground as soon as it's safe. If you're in any other situation than those I just listed, we can't help you. But if listening to this podcast is the preparation steps you've taken, you are not going to last very long no, in the no, wasteland. No, just uh, stay away from power lines if you're outside. Get under something sturdy if you're inside. If you're under debris, they say if you luckily have a whistle, whistle. But if you try to scream too much have. or like do other things to get people's attention, like try to tap if you can, if you have right. the room to, because you might breathe in some dust and fumes that it could kill you and harm yeah. you. So like try to make noise without using your oxygen. Okay, God, what a scary scenario. Yep, drop cover and hold on is the, the best. It's across the board of the best thing to do. According to the Red Cross, at a minimum, you should have the basic supplies listed below. Water, one gallon per Game person Boy. per day. <laughs> Batteries for your Game Boy. Have like a series, like you want to finish all the Marios because you have time because <laughs> you're trapped under a file cabinet. Food, non-perishable, easy to repair items, three-day supply for evacuation, two-week supply for home, a flashlight, battery-powered or hand-crank radio. What's that? <laughs> a vinyl record player. Yeah, t- <laughs> a phonograph. It, uh, a recording of Mary Had a Little Lamb by Alexander Graham Bale. iPad that is fueled by uh, your breath. A gas-powered iPad. Extra batteries, a deluxe family first aid kit, medications, like at least seven days worth in medical items, multi-purpose tool, which I want to get, sanitation and personal hygiene items, yeah, um, <laughs> I think they mean like tampons and yeah, have those. Copies of personal documents like medication list, uh, pertinent medical information, proof of address, a deed to your home if you can, passports, I don't know who would have the people who run from their homes. <laughs> Cell phones with chargers and emergency contact information, extra cash, extra blanket, a map of the area. You can also add in like medical supplies like hearing aid batteries and glasses and contact lenses, baby supplies, games and activities for kids to shut them up, keep them from crying, pet supplies, two-way radios, extra oh set of car keys and house keys, a manual can opener. And, and I- the world's biggest backpack yeah and this list <laughs> i've also heard of uh they have like the mr like meal ready they eat like the oh, just that yeah. water meals and there's also like a straw that you can just like if you have to go to the river and drink out of it yeah, and it filters. filters it that's pretty cool yeah, yeah i need that i'm sure it doesn't work like i'm sure when there's asbestos flowing down yeah. i don't know my mom gave it me a, a backpack for emergency earthquake stuff because she's um a doomsday prepper yeah she's linda hamilton in terminator 2 so <laughs> she's making you do push-ups yeah right? exactly she's making me <laughs> lift assault rifles to make sure that I can in the, the new war. And she's always telling me to not park in parking structures. So it's like every day I'm like, I gotta stop parking parking structures. But like if I park outside of a parking structure, I'm just as dead anyway. It's like because yeah. if it falls down, it's probably gonna tilt and then Onto hit my your car. car. Then I'll be in listening to this podcast, being like, I, I need to get on lore. Yeah, those are the earthquakes of LA. Not all of them, but the big ones. A lot of people I know now are like, and myself included. I'm stronger than an earthquake and I could take it? Yeah, I think if it starts shaking, I can shake harder. <laughs> put my hands on it. Shake, end. shake, shake, felt and sonora. I can put my hands on the ground and just stop. How about we just talk to the earthquake? <laughs> a lot of people are like, oh, the big one's going to hit and then we're all going to be able to afford houses again. First of all, you're, you're going to die. But yeah. <laughs> also, like I explained, the reason the housing prices went down is that Nobody could buy houses. Yeah. So the market lowered the prices yeah. because of this insurance issue. But the insurance issue has been fixed. So it's not going to make it's it. Like maybe you can back. buy a broken house. Yeah. You can buy two houses that used to be one house. Yeah. After the city is destroyed because everyone died in City Hall, you can yeah. pick a plot of dirt and be like, I live here now. Yeah. This is mine. mine. An earthquake's not going to be good and it's going to happen. Oh, yeah. No, it's going to be absolutely devastating because I feel like it's not going to happen at four in the morning or like, I mean, like, we've it's, gotten too lucky. Yeah, what, we've, three we've, times three now. Times we've been very lucky that people were not as imagine. Off- yeah, 
I do all the time, especially <laughs> after reading this. This was not fun research for me, but like I read all of it because I have that thing where if something is scaring me and traumatizing me, uh-huh. I like dive headfirst into it. So if it's troubling to me, I yeah. can't walk away from you wanna it. You want to go to group therapy for this episode? Yeah. Is there a podcast <laughs> yeah. group therapy? We can go on. It's WTF. I got a better alternative. I know where there's a bunch of Keebler cookies on the <laughs> My the old house. My parents' old house. <laughs> you know, I used to live here. I left something. We were My wondering. dinosaur PJs. Ooh, that smells. Okay, so let's do our listener question that we had promised. The big one still hasn't hit. I'm wondering... um I guess we don't have as much clout in this city as I thought. <laughs> we listen to her question again. Joanna Linkhorst. Hi. So this she sent me a long time ago, and I was like, how the hell am I going to answer this? How dare you? Uh, You're trying to stump me. Make a fool of me on my own podcast? That's my job. <laughs> That's Greg's job. <laughs> this is a poll. That there is a- <laughs> About how stupid I am. And I asked everybody I know. <laughs> the results are in. Uh, woof. There is a poll with what looks like a crow's nest on top of it on the west side of Corbin, just down from Devonshire. What is it? What's the deal? I looked this up on Google Maps and then I was like, I, I, how am I going to, yeah. wh- wh- who am I going to contact? The poll authority? But then I happened to be going on this walk that shows you like there's this and this. And they pointed out one of those things. And I was like, I know. I, and I came up with it all on my own. <laughs> what you're looking at here is a typical World War II slash Cold War era air raid siren, which we talked about in our live Valley Oddities episode. Mm-hmm. And that was, you've seen these all over all over the city. They were tested regularly in case of a Japanese or nuclear attack on the city. But this particular design, which is probably why she didn't recognize it, it's called a birdhouse style. It has this, like a crow's nest around yeah. it. That one she's talking about is number 223. It was put up January 1st, 1940. The other styles they have, there's the rotating one, mm-hmm. the wire spool one and the flattened birdhouse try to do a sound for each one a uh, regular Crow's birdhouse nest. cuckoo cuckoo a rotating one <laughs> a wire spool <laughs> and a flattened birdhouse squish <laughs> they were tested monthly and placed around the city in clusters when there were so few people around you could identify populated clusters of the city they were last used in 1985 to sound the arrival of depeche mode and then they were well, they were retired forever there's only some 200 of them left around the city because it's just cheaper to leave them up okay. and take them down but yeah it's That's just good to know yeah it's just an air raid siren you see them now that you know they're there you're going to notice them everywhere yeah i think since that episode i noticed more yeah me too sirens. and yeah. i get excited each time like <laughs> That's a little thing from the past. <laughs> that's a thing that's too expensive to tear down. They yeah. survived the earthquakes. Yep. <laughs> Maybe we should all live in birds' nests. Earthquakes. My house. I, I keep thinking like it lasts. It like lasts through that tough one. But like yeah, there's like a fault that goes through Elysian Park. I think that might be the yeah. and that it's gonna yeah. put At my house on right top to of your me. doorstep. Yeah. It like split my house in half. You're gonna be standing on the other side and you're gonna look down and then look behind you <laughs> and then you split in half. Here's something that leads right up to your doorstep. Jesus Us asking you to leave us a review on. Apple Podcasts or whatever you listen to. Yes, if or- you have an iPhone, search for us. You leave some five stars, leave some words. It helps us uh, get more recognizable, more uh, higher profile, mm-hmm. and it feels good. Yeah. It feels darn good. Good. I'd like to end this year with LA Meekly. That's it. No, I'd like to end <laughs> the year with LA Meekly. Way more fans than we do. We Every year we've been progressively getting more fans who want to get more involved with it, which is fantastic. But yeah. this is the year I want to really... We got fan mail in the middle of this podcast mm-hmm. by Madeline pillar we got your email in the middle of this and we cut out the part where we read it because we made fun of you savagely <laughs> we made so much fun of you and now we said your name on the podcast that means you're a patreon person give us money you're wonderful thank you so much for, very writing, nice. yeah, yeah. for writing to us we always appreciate fan mail from yeah anybody. it's nice send us fan mail mm-hmm. also if you have a listener question please um, send those we'll answer it uh, if, i swear to god if someone asked me what a air raid siren is again i'm not answering that question for a third time try to stump us it'll be pretty easy <laughs> yeah it only took eight months for me to answer something <laughs> 
I already knew the answer to. So if you have if you have nice words for us or uh, w- want to submit a listener question, email us at la.meekly at gmail.com. Or if you're somebody that works at a place and you want us to do a field trip there, please let us know. We'd love yeah, to go. Yeah, historic or interesting place. We'll come interview you or follow us and send us messages on Instagram, la underscore meekly or Twitter at la meekly, mm-hmm. Facebook. Like we said, on Patreon, you can support us for as little as just a dollar a month. We'll yep. say your name mm-hmm. just like we did or figure out when we record, send us an email right when we're recording yeah, and we'll... we will say your name because we can't not address anything that happens to us. <laughs> after a pee break. Yeah. yeah. After I cut out me going to furiously urinate. Because I was talking about an earthquake that made me pee before. It almost happened again. <laughs> Fooled me once. And then uh, until I was about 13. Every we're going to have, uh, we're working on right now more tiers for Patreon and stuff. So we we're, we're going to be having more things that you can get involved yeah, with. Yeah, right I'm now. very excited if, about. If you're over the $5, we will send you a handwritten postcard every month like I talked about where I upset everybody at the underpaid city employee, yeah. uh, underpaid national employee <laughs> headquarters. I got that Pony Express guy to quit. And all, we're, we're toying with the idea of a little, like a little short bonus thing mm-hmm. for a certain level. Let us know if that's something you're interested yeah. in. Also, our shirts are available yes, right now. And they're very comfortable and they have a really good design on them. They're great shirts. They're beautiful shirts. They're so beautiful. We love it if you wore it in public. (laughs) Don't just sleep in it. And explain to your friends what the shirt was about. What the shirt? What the shirt? Yeah, wear them in public. I know they're really comfortable and you want to sleep in them, but both of our girlfriend, uh, Melissa, (laughs) everyone we know sleeps in it because it's so comfortable. Wear it out, okay? Either that or we should come up with matching (laughs) bottoms. Yeah. (laughs) Go against my catchphrase from the 90s. Wear it out. Coming soon. Yeah. uh, LA Meekly Chinos. <laughs> Sleep Chinos. You laugh? Great idea. <laughs> yeah, you can buy our shirt. Let us know. They're $25, yeah. shipping mm-hmm. included. You can message us anyway, and we'll send it out to you. Yeah, scary episode. That's S- been one of our scariest episodes. Yeah. I mean, we've done some, like, the haunted stuff and things that are scary in different ways, but this is like, it's not like they're going, well, we're overdue for a Manson murder, yeah. and this one's going to be... <laughs> we're overdue. That Charlie Manson guy seems kind of, I don't know. Every 60 years. <laughs> this time it's going to be... Member is gonna take in some kids off the street. Mike Love brought home some hitchhikers off the five freeway, and now they brought some guy from San Francisco who refuses to wash his hair or leave. This is something that we're promised. Mother Nature is promising us destruction. And at a a unpredictable time, with no warning whatsoever, everything that's above you will probably be at your feet if you're lucky. Yeah, I mean, that's my plan for taking over Hollywood, sure, but... (laughs) It says that on my resume. On my headshot. There must still be something very deep inside of me that the trauma didn't or the therapy didn't uh you know smooth out because when whenever an earthquake does hit it's so scary each time anew of how suddenly yeah like it goes from it goes from regular life to this this could be it yeah this new reality which refuses to stop moving so again be prepared the last one i think it was a ridge cross one i was at work we build a stage at work for a band Mm -hmm. play every friday night and we have like a you know a bunch of people outside to watch them and the quake hit while the band was on stage but i was literally inside watching people outside feel it and i didn't feel it i was out by einstein this time uh, for the first time ever and <laughs> not feeling it but like feeling the social commotion was enough to scare me of like there's something coming yeah and like it, that's scary and also it is when like the ridge quest Ridge Quest. Wait, oh, no, I'm regressing. Oh, oh no, little baby, oh, mommy, can I have a Can I have a keyboard? I would like to eat a little elf now. <laughs> it can hit you, and you can be shaking for a few seconds and be like, "Oh, I'm okay." Yeah. And then you could look at your phone and see, "Oh my God, Silmar's gone." Yeah, like exactly. you don't know, like what you could be feeling could be the complete destruction of something else. I've been listening to pr- preparation. I've been listening to an audiobook about the San Andreas Fault. I think it's called like Earthquake Storm or something like that. The guy's so dry mm-hmm. and like has almost no humor and he's saying there's a 
common myth that uh, San Andreas Fault will erupt or a rupture and the state of California will just fall into the ocean. That's not quite accurate. What will happen is it will break into several pieces <laughs> that drift off and become islands. That's just as bad. <laughs> the ocean's the scary part. What, you don't want to live on an island now? <laughs> Ooh, beachfront property in Echo Park. All that seaweed I can be using to make my make my sushi. My sushi <laughs> business is going to take off. figured it out. I think I'm turning Japanese. <laughs> I um, really think so. <laughs> and on that note, hey, have a good March. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully it doesn't hit. In March. Yeah. It look really bad on us. Yeah. Or really good. They those, summoned it. Those two witches from a Shakespeare play on Allie Meekly, they summoned it. <laughs> Can I have my eyeball back? <laughs> so, yeah, uh, we hope you enjoyed it. We'll see you in... Uh, April. We'll see you in April, and then we'll literally see, see you, you in April, April at our 22nd. live show. Yeah. We so, yeah, we, we... What? We love you, listeners. You've never said that to me before. You're right. You've never told me you loved me before. <laughs> um, You're right. Feels good. Um, we'll talk to you uh, in a little bit. Mm-hmm. Be Hold prepared. Tight. Be prepared. Don't get murdered. <laughs> oh, that mosquito's back. That's been yet another episode of Ellie Meekly. Overdue for wetting our pants since 2013. Oh, it's happening right now, isn't oh, no. it? Oh, no. Oh, no. My socks are wet. You accidentally jiggled the microphone and I thought it was happening. <laughs> I was just preemptively. Your chances of survival are much better if you wet yourself. Here, use my face to clean it up. <laughs>